0: Welcome to Branding with Purpose. I am Kelly Brito, your branding expert, and we're going to continue exploring the brand strategy because I want you to build a successful business and brand in 2022. And I really think our best next step right now is exploring your branding foundations because that's really what we need to know to stand out in this very crowded market, right? And we're going to be talking about logo, messaging, and audience. And if you know me, I go straight to the point. I talk fast and I break all these points into several other points. So grab your pen and paper and let's go with me into this episode. So let's get started with the logo, but why the logo? Why the logo again? because well several things one logo is still a very important part of a brand i will keep saying it's not the most important part Right, it's nowhere you should start when it comes to branding. What is a logo gonna do for you if you do not have a brand? And uh, why do I feel that I need to go back to talking about logo right now? Because I woke up at two thirty in the morning. I had nothing to do, so I opened my LinkedIn app, and in there I saw this. Of course, I was scrolling and scrolling, and I came across um, a Squarespace ad. And on that ad, uh, it was. Four steps to build your logo, or something like that. And of course, a whole bunch of graphic designers were in there feeling a Squarespace was undervaluing them. And one of the comments within a comment already was about people having to spend several thousands of dollars on a logo. And of course, that also. Uh, like it—it it was a chain of events from there, where people were saying, "Well, yeah, because people don't want to spend that much money, and people want to be cheap on the logo." And of course, they went into that thing where you know somebody can spend twenty-five dollars on a logo in in india for like a design you know when people talk badly about fiverr upwork and all that stuff and hiring people from india and not getting the quality so there is this thing here on the market where we believe that by paying more we have better quality automatically so let me tell you that that's not true that's not true uh for example i i pay i paid thousands of dollars on coaching that turned out to be a course where i should have paid 57 dollars honestly it, it's not worth it wasn't worth more than that and sometimes people pay thousands and thousands of dollars on logos and it's not worth it and i'll give you a good example of it Early today, and I think it was right before I went into LinkedIn, I was in one of my um, one of the communities for branding that I participate on, and somebody who is still in school for graphic design. And I, I think it was a grad school. And they had this project where they had to create a logo. And honestly, her logo was not worth $25. So she wanted feedback. Of course, she's studying. She's not yet a professional. But it was such a visual mess. And that wasn't worth 25 dollars. in that case the guy in india who charges 25 dollars, or the lady in india is doing a much better job so it's less about the price and price is less about the cost itself usually when we go for a higher price we are looking for an overall better experience well, i'm gonna give you a good solid example of this right now so if you go to the logocreative.co.uk, they have like this great study about the most expensive logos in the world and um uh, one of the very expensive look like a hundred millions if i'm not reading all these zero wrongs right so it's like nine digits logo it's a sanctuary which is an uh, i think that's how we read it and it's an it company and that was a hundred million dollars it was so not worth it for me right of course they achieved that logo it's just a simple font with um a symbol on top which is like it has a message and that's great and Accenture people actually declined 50 other 50 50 other um drafts for the logo before this one so this logo is expensive absolutely now the company they work with actually came up with a message on that logo and seems like it was unlimited round of revisions. Not every design or studio works like that. So then again, you get what you pay for. But then you go to BBC, the TV station, and they had a logo redesign, which was, what was that? A million and eight hundred dollars. Uh, and it's just BBC. It's just the letters inside black blocks. London Olympics had the most horrible logo in my opinion and that was about $600,000 in comparison the city of Melbourne had a beautiful logo very creative very modern very unique for $148,000 and it's gonna shock you but Nike swoosh was only $35. I know that that was made in the 70s and that's what's going to make you think, well, of course, it's $35 because it was made such a long time ago. First of all, 70s was not such a long time ago. And well, I'm from the 80s, so that's probably why I'm saying this. Also, I did a conversion of the money from 1970 to today, and you're going to be shocked. That's actually only $249.50, so it's really not that much, right? And why am babbling and talking so much about logo with you? Because your logo does not make your brand. It's the other way around. Your brand makes your logo. So when Twitter, which was also another very cheap one, was like $16 or something like that, when Twitter or Nike go after a student or a beginner or somebody who made a pre-made logo and they pay just like 50 bucks, you know, 100 bucks for that logo, they probably aim to be this great, wonderful brand, but they were not yet. So it really didn't matter. They really didn't have to pay so many thousands of dollars on a super researcher designed logo. So there is a lot in pricing. There is a lot in logo. Just keep in mind that it's the brand that makes the logo. I'll give you another great example when it comes to personal branding, Marie Forleo, she's a beautiful person, a great name. You know her brand because you know her. She is her brand, right? Now, Marie Folio had uh, Marie TV logo was, was in one way. Then she had Marie with an M in a more like cursive style, handwritten. Then she had Marie Folio, kind of handwritten, the same font. Then she had Marie Folio on a sans serif, more modern. Nobody's paying attention to that. Nobody cares if she writes Marie Folio um with calligraphy or if she's writing Marie Folio with sans serif or if she's writing Marie Folio, you know what I mean? Nobody cares because Marie Folio is the brand. It's the vibe. It's how she makes you laugh. It's the great content. It's the trusted strategies that she's going to give you. That's her brand. It's her unique message and unique positioning in the market, not her logo so yes i want you to have a nice logo and i want to spend whatever you think is fair on your logo i want you absolutely to work with a professional who's gonna understand your goals your audience your market who's gonna do a research who's gonna see what your competitors are doing so they can do something different and unique for you okay that being said Pricing is just one of the factors when you are looking for your designer. Look for the whole experience. And before you even go there, understand what is your brand, what are you offering, who is your audience. Know all of those things before you go and talk to your designer. And then if instead of working with just a designer, you work with a true branding professional who's gonna help you understand the market, uh, put on paper your statement, and the target audience and all that stuff and your mission and your vision. You know, boil everything down before going to the colors and everything that your brand is and then the logo. If you're going to work with that kind of professional, then you definitely need to uh, evaluate the experience and you're going to be able to tell from the price because somebody who is offering all the experience is not going to be charging on the low side of things. If they are... Mm look for reviews because then communication can be faulty if the price is too low uh the delivery may have some problems just you know do your research and i dare say it start with your why (laughs) and then we go into the logo so now i know you have been waiting while i've been talking all this about the logo but let's go into the audience and the first thing i'm gonna tell you is forget the client avatar, just so, you know, I like to say this (laughs) because we don't really need it, especially if you are beginning to explore and strategize for your brand. Also, forget the ideal client. The ideal client is great. Like, don't get me wrong, we should know who is our ideal client. But that's not your first step when it comes to audience. Your first step is going to be to understand the market, the market as a whole. And your target audience so let's start with the market and when we start with the market we want to be hitting those psychographic details first that information first and you will many times see me saying that it's all about psychographics not demographics or mostly psychographics and it truly is but the demographics do have a place but first let's talk about the psychographics you're gonna explore the psychological profile of your market Right, You're going to explore what they need, how they need it, what solution you're providing, how you're providing that solution, and you're going to start connecting all those dots. You're going to do the research. You're going to see what your competitors are doing, how they are offering it, um, see what works for you, what's the best method, the best system, all of that beautiful thing. Once you have all that in place, we're going to go to the demographics. We're also going to go into the target audience. The market it is this very broad thing. We're gonna start going uh, more specific where it's like different groups of target audience i'll use an example of a client of mine so she works with women in stem so to hit her ideal clients which would be people who want to be in her community for women in stem and eventually find work through uh, her services because she connects big corporate with women in STEM finding jobs for these women. So, if she's aiming on women in STEM, her target audiences could be places like a group of people who work on Google, or people who are looking for jobs, like tech communities on Facebook groups, and they don't have to be, women, Only tech communities, they can be mixed, right? Men and women, that's a target audience still. She's like targeting on those groups because in there, she's going to start finding the right clients for her. The people who are actually going to join her community, be on her job boards, and she will eventually connect them with the big corporates who are hiring people in STEM. So she is that bridge that is going to be helping women in STEM find jobs on corporates hiring people in STEM. So if you look through that, this company is already a target audience for these big corporates. So the big corporates are going to be targeting on smaller companies like hers. And then she is going to be targeting on Facebook groups and other smaller venues where she's going to be finding her clients. It's a chain of events, right? So once you understand all that, And when you are on that phase, that's when the demographics are going to be playing a part for you, because now you need to know where those people hang out. And you're going to know where they hang out depending on their age, depending on the amount of money they make or the amount of money they want to make with their services, the amount of experience there they have. People who are very experienced and over 30 or 40 will most likely be on LinkedIn, so people who are coming out of college, they will probably be on TikTok. But then for people in STEM, may, may, they may just be on Facebook groups. So do you understand what I mean? You start with the psychographics. And as you go down and get more specific, then you can tap into the demographics that in no shape or form needs to, <laughs> needs to lead you to create a client avatar. You can have it, you don't need to go that far, you know, like Susie, 24 years old, who just came out of college, blah, 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 blah. That's not going to do much for you. And now my last step is going to be messaging because I took that logo thing out of the way where I said, yes, you need it. Yes, work with a professional, but make sure that logo comes after you know your brand to know your brand. You're going to know your why, your purpose, of course, those are things that you know, you may not have on paper so clear, but you know, but the next step after being clear on the whole branding instructor and the logo and all that stuff is going to be understanding your target audience so we talked about your market your target audience your ideal client and now is going to be when you're going to be refining the messaging because messaging is how you're going to be uh sharing what you're all about and that's how your audience are going to understand you right so you are conveying a message of what your brand is and that's how you're going to create that deeper connection with the target audience and with eventually your clients and even the ideal client messaging is strategy in itself messaging has several points and here is also a part where the psychographics and the demographics are going to help you take the best step for your messaging what are the best tools for you to use in your messaging do you need a tagline do you need a slogan because those are different things and you're going to run one usually During a sale, during an event, it's going to be for a long time or they can be for a short period of time. They differ. One is going to be focused on messaging and branding goals in community. The other one is is towards sales. Are you going to be focusing on your homepage and how it translates your message? What about the structure of your about Page. Are you going to have the mission statement and your purpose? Are you going to have different about pages, one about the team and one about everything else? All those things are messaging along with, of course, the visual system that you choose to have in place in terms of colors and fonts and templates, all that conveys your message to your audience and to the market. Because once you decide to have all those things in place, if down the line you decide to create an ad and run an ad on Facebook or on YouTube, you're gonna know exactly how that video or how those images should be put together. You're gonna know exactly what kind of background music you want. You're not gonna have to guess. You're not gonna go with the one that just sounds nice. You're gonna know because now you know who your audience is and you know how you want your message to be sent into the world. And I think that's all I had to talk about on this subject. If you want to know more, I have my new Brand Foundations book. Just hit my shop on this weekend and I invite you to go and check it out. Brand Foundations is part one of the Branding with Purpose framework, which is going to help you understand. Go deep into the strategy until you actually hit design, which is book three. So just go to shop.brandingwithpurpose.studio. And that's that for now. If you have any doubts, you know where to find me. Go to Instagram at Branding with Purpose Studio. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And let me know if you have any doubts, questions, concerns. I am going to put them on the next episode. See you next week. Until then, keep branding with purpose. Ciao, ciao.